0: Hello and welcome to the dive season. I don't know if I just pulled the plug out of this thing. uh, Did we lose Kobe? uh, This thing is too far. If it's down on the table, and I want to, I want. They said you're good. Try it again. Yeah, I got that. He wrote, put his thumbs up, Mark. Great intro. It is season seven, episode (laughs) six. Nailed it. Um, Hello and welcome to the dive. (laughs) where we've got another new table that wow. comes with a giant poro if you can't really tell what that is those are yeah. poro horns uh, down there uh, <laughs> thank you again to Team Liquid for hosting us I kind of miss it already
1: yeah this is this is the third table in three weeks if you think about it
2: let's make it four for four next week I wonder what we'll come into
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> it'll just, just be a Staples gray table <laughs> that should be the new thing is we should... maybe we can get like a park bench We should use outside, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Bench with the boys. Uh,
0: Let's get right into patch because if we don't do patch right now, then we're going to forget about it and we're not going to do patch notes. And it's actually a really sick patch. 13.4 is out now. They've been playing it on it already. Champs Q. It is going to be this weekend in LCS. Aurelian Soul is enabled. Unless we have a disable at the last moment for bugs, which are very plentiful and so could definitely yeah. definitely could happen. Uh, but as of right now, it is enabled. I'm super hyped for it. Uh, who he said told me that he would pick it as support Aurelian soul, he guaranteed it to me. So I'm gonna hold him to that. I think he's lying but to you. The the majority of I detector detected, I'm, detected. I'm, that was a
1: lie. The major <laughs>
0: So can I get another thumbs up if it's fine if I leave it down here? It should be. Uh, I feel like they would They would tell you if there was a problem. Let me know about that. Uh, the, other, the main things I'm excited for, for for this patch are the nerfs to the demonic upper echelon of mm-hmm. tank junglers, which have been t- just running solo queue, uh, as well as running a lot of pro play. Not all of it, because a lot of pro play. Everyone's still happy to play Wukong and Vi, and they will continue to, to be happy to play those champions. Uh, but bringing down specifically Amumu, Maokai, Udyr, And nerfing clear speed of Demonic uh, puts them in a much more balanced place for solo queue, opening up the area so
2: that you get to play other junglers that you actually like. They also took the AP ratio down slightly on your jungle pet. So yeah, another thing. AP junglers are dead. Viego got buffed. Closer meta. Hundred thieves are gonna rally. <laughs> AP jungler
0: is definitely not not dead. That, nerf, dead,
2: that, nerf, was like that was nerf was like a this. That buff was massive. was like this. A little bit more bonus AD <laughs> on ultimate, and your Q can critically strike. Um, Here we go, Kraken Slayer. You know I what?
0: I was agreeing with the with closer meta though because Leeson is back yep, in as Leeson. a flex pick mm-hmm. uh, for top and jungle and. Now, Viogo gets a, a little bit of buff. I think that it's a cool way to buff him, too. The execution damage for your ultimate is the fantasy that you want to live through when you're playing this champ.
1: Yeah, the, the Maokai, Maokai changes felt like pretty heavy-handed to me um, when I saw like how many different ways he was getting nerfed on this one patch. Like he's uh-huh. been really strong for a long time. I was like, good! <laughs> yeah, deeper! I mean, go harder! <laughs> I, I ban him a lot, too, because he's just annoying yeah. to play against the saplings. But it was like they severely increased the cooldown on the E, then uh, reduce the AP ratios. Then reduce the base damages. Then yeah. reduce the AP ratios on the brush yeah. sapling. Then nerf the Q. Good. Then yeah. nerf no, the no 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 no. The Q is actually buffed a little bit. Oh, compensation buff. The Q okay. is a buff. Okay, my mistake, my mistake. Yeah, um, but they should have done it as a nerf. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then demonic embrace as well. I, I remember Freak was actually telling me. I think he was doing these these changes, and he said, like, oh, yeah, "I'm going to nerf this and this." And I was like, "Whoa!" Like Good. I was kind of expecting like just the cooldown. That's or maybe my boy or right there. Uh, but Maokai <laughs> seems pretty pretty dead uh, so those changes seem
0: quite big to me what's funny is he's actually still okay it was a almost four percent nerf he's still 51 percent. so yeah. it, it takes a lot to chop that tree down that's why I feel like you can go harder and keep in mind percentages win percents are not everything so a certain a certain portion of this win percentage that is still 51%. It, what's included is, in that is people still building AP Maokai, which got nerfed way more than just
2: tank building Malachi. tank
0: Malachi. Yeah. So, when you're looking at win rates, you always have to think about where this data comes from and what contributes to that. Yeah. And so, just go tank Maokai,
1: He's actually completely fine. Not not dead at all. At I feel like he should just play Zach or something then, because I feel like Zach is actually quite strong. I feel like there's some other, some other tanks or like even like Jarvan or something. They're
0: definitely comparable. I I am pretty strong that Maokai... Has survived and is super fine. Yeah,
1: uh, I, guess. I think
2: he just contributes a lot more in pro play in terms of like the other utility that he brings. Whereas Zach doesn't have any way to really contribute other than jumping in, which is he's insane at and a great team fighter. But he's really good ganking angle. So yeah, yeah. I like it's all like engage related things. Yep. Whereas Malcai brings a lot more to the table. A lot of safe engages where you're like, I'm going to ult you off the objective. Back up, great. And then yep. you can, you know, just more playmaking options. Um, but I am overall excited to see hopefully some more other champions move into the jungle now.
1: I've yeah. got a
0: I've
2: got a proposition for some dark tech unless you want to go for something
1: Oh, I was I was just going to keep talking about this for a second, but like uh I mean, you go ahead. Uh speaking
0: of champions coming in, uh Mal uh Malphite got a really big buff for the W, uh which they're 100% just thinking about top lane, but whenever you buff cooldowns for abilities, there should be a big alarm that goes off that that sounds, "Can you jungle this champion?" Uh, Because that's what that's what it's all about for clear speed is your basic ability cooldowns they buff the damage as well as basic ability cooldowns for uh, For the W which is also your auto attack reset and maokai jungle way back season one used to actually be very good And if they're combining this with nerfing early champion kill experience Thereby lowering the the disadvantage that uh, Malphite has. Obviously, he's not good at pulling off cakes. Well, Predator <laughs> Q gangs, you know. <laughs> yeah. Come in there Feels with good, that. Hey, roll the pizza, at him. <laughs> yeah. um, It's if you if you enjoy like me, just trying new things and and uh, and trying to be a hipster in league because you've been playing for too long. Uh, I actually think
1: Malphite jungle is Solid. Yeah, rock solid. Uh, i think fiddle is actually really strong in jungle has, has is, been for a has, while been, yeah, has been. um but I, I don't know it has never really gotten in a pro yeah. and i do think i do think it's much harder to pull off a good fiddle at pro level because it's so much about not being spotted and playing around vision and stuff and people are way more sloppy about tracking where you could be in solo queue so you know maybe that's kind of the difference there but you know jarvin did get some nerfs he his Patches like the patch barely changes win rate though. Like when I was looking at some of the internal win rate type stuff, Maokai was like the the hardest hit of anyone in the patch, and he went down. And um, high elo, he's down in the 48s as far as win rate now. Um, but like Jarvan was was like not even ha- half a percent or so, right? Like the win rate barely even changed. So uh, some of the other things that that I noticed that were like way stronger, I felt like like Vigar, I think, is way stronger now um like those changes seem pretty significant and moves his win rate a lot and senna as well uh senna not only support but like i've been playing at some ad actually it seems pretty decent as an ad again like senna i think is is right back in there so it's it's another one of those champions that could see some play because it did see a lot of play in the past and it's something that i think it's more likely for pros to pick up something that gets buffed that used to be meta than it is for something like that's totally new to i think Get moved into it.
2: That's why I'm I'm like looking at these Chogaf like really small changes as like
0: he, Oh the solo buffs.
2: Yeah, the solo buffs. <laughs> but you know, like people are playing a little bit more Scion. The counter counterpick into that looked insane the couple times we've seen. It. I think they did an LEC once uh, a couple weeks ago as well. So like it's a champion that I just love watching because he's just this dumb giant dinosaur eating things. Um
0: the simplicity in watching a Cho'Gath.
2: He was one of the OG actually, yeah. champs as well. Like I remember playing him way back in the day. His Q ratio was insane. You just sit in the brush, knock people up in top lane, run forward and eat them like I he's he's such a simple champ. I love yeah.
0: him. Continue to grow in size.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Talk about the late game fantasy, yeah. I think there will be probably a, a lot more tanks cuz I mean Mal, the Malphite buffs we, we've been seeing a lot of Jace. I mean I just, I just think Jace has been just absolutely Overpicked. garbage yeah. in LCS. Um this split, like I know, uh, I think it was you on the cast that the historic yep. was about fifty percent. I actually haven't been that much on the NAJ's hate train in the past. This split, I think it's like one in seven or one in eight or something though. It's, and like it was one and eight been, before that game. Okay, it's two and eight. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's been pretty garbage in almost every game. I feel like it's been picked, and if people are gonna be playing it, top at all. Malphite already was super good against it, and now Malphite got buffs. I mm-hmm. think like that is a really good answer. I think Cho'Gath situation can be a good answer. Uh, Ornn as as well as Cyan are still right up there as a really strong tank picks. So I think like we're going to see more of that we're going to see less of some of the like the tank junglers as well like some of the ap tanks um speaking you know, sad exactly like <laughs> amumu and, and maokai and stuff are worse so if you're playing less tanks in jungle you may be playing even more tanks top lane it felt like that was kind of the way things had been moving except for a couple players which were still kind of really on the carry train like like fudge and whatnot um so that's been kind of interesting to me those feel like the biggest things i would say uh, for the most part in the patch. At least just in my random games I've been playing on live, though, I've been seeing Ari in, like, every single game. Dude, if you if you give Ari the littlest buff,
2: everyone comes out of the woodwork to play her. I, I feel like she's always been one of the most she's popular so popular. Champ- yeah. She's one of the highest pick rate champions in the game. For yeah, sure. always has been. So, like, as soon as you give her a little buff... You can buff, tell by number of skins. Yeah. People <laughs> are just like, oh, is she good now? Can I play her now? <laughs> can I use the skin I bought? <laughs> or my 12 skins I bought? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, also, I think they're really fun buffs. With yeah. the with the ult as well as making it more tanky, so you can go in a lot more, you know, that, and, and that is something that differentiates Ari from a lot of the other, you know, mages that that you have from mid lane. So I'm even though it, it might become overwhelming, I'm happy to have some some more flavors basically yeah. because then they also buff, you know, like Oriana, which everyone's already has as a staple, and you can always have that kind of standard there. Um, if Ari starts to get played a lot, though then maybe we'll we'll also get to see some more counterpicks like Lissandra, I think, has been in a good state for counterpicking a lot of these options for uh, for a bit. If Ari starts to get more play, then maybe you get more Lissandra counterpick play. Um and and that just seems fun to me. If we get, you know, you've got multiple assassins slash initiation mid lane champions,
2: roaming possibilities. Uh, the future uh, I'm hoping is going to Victor be... Ori
1: Cass baby here we come. Is your guy hit <laughs> out of the meta? So you just slot the next one in Cass. Boop. My my question is, do you think that any of these changes have actually affected what to me has been the biggest plague on pro play bot, bot and, lane? Bot lane, yeah. Like and, and I don't really feel like Nami Lucian and Zeri Lulu has has really been effectively out here. killed. Yeah, right. Like there's there's not really anything that's like specifically targeting them. There's like like sure like Sena got stronger, Thresh got stronger. Um, There are some changes like that, but like I don't really know that any of this stuff is going to actually shift that.
0: Yeah, so their idea for what they thought would do it is these are pretty big buffs to the tank support items, and then nerfing spell thieves uh, and the sickle as well. With that combined with the Rakan and Nautilus and Thresh buffs, Alistar's got some more. Is the idea Alistar buffs as well? That that's the idea. I think that already Nautilus is a really good pick. So, that one specifically, that and the recon, I think should have a good time trying to combat those areas. But really, it takes the pro players pushing themselves to reach outside and breaking that pattern. We saw in LEC Finals, Samira got played. Samira's been in a very, very strong state so long that she's already getting nerfed on this patch, which is now getting introduced. Yeah. And effectively, <laughs> everybody else has missed the window to jump on OP Samira train because now she's receiving fairly substantial buffs and nerf, the, yeah. the one Samira, basically, that was LEC finals. And it's like, well, and now we're into new phase.
2: Han- Hans didn't play any of the meta champs really all split, if I remember correctly. It was very little of Lucian, Zeri in a lot more... Yeah. Uh, Siver and Varus. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, He
0: was com- he was one of the few that was completely countered to the.
2: Yeah, so I think the, I think the bottom lane is more open than maybe the pros are letting on right now. And uh, but to that point, you know, like sometimes they just need that extra little slap down on on their favorite picks to get them experimenting more.
1: Yeah, yeah he had zero games on Zeri and one game on Lucian. It yep. was Varus, Draven, Chad, were his two most played. <laughs> so I mean, there there are other examples of that as well. Like there's there's stuff that it's kind of like obvious solo queue answers like i've always seen uh any rengar player who plays rengar loves playing into elise that has been something that you know has been popular in solo queue for a lot of years it's very hard for elise to win that one v one especially with the empowered w if you use that on cocoon at least almost always it feels like you're gonna lose that one v one but got to bring that out yeah. so that was exciting
0: that that thing though because you you're not always going to have empowered no, W you're not ready when you have have cocoon it's really about being able to win the 1v1 and, and getting brush first. And if you have brush first, then you get to stomp the Elise. Uh, and I asked also the, a lot of the junglers, nobody else is scrimming Rengar. Yeah. Nobody's like practicing it. I mean, so it's a niche pick. Rengar is, yeah, Rengar is a very individual pick. So you've got like Chad in challengers and Blabber, And that's, it's like a pretty short But list. I think the, the overall point, point
2: though yeah. is like, other people have their own things, whether it's Rengar or these eighty carries or whatever it is. Bled, like players and we saw in LEC finals as well. Yeah. True. People have the things that they're good at solo with his tanks, you know, like and just being able to branch out more because you probably know the things more than your opponent. So when you break it out, you know, like it wasn't just that he played Rengar; it was Cloud9 mm-hmm. had a whole strategy around this early invade to push Elise into a split map top side, and you know they they had a game plan for the pick, not just like let me slam this
1: solo queue yeah. champ. There we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, my point is just that there there yeah. are a number of champions that I think already are strong that people like weren't going to either because of lack of comfort or maybe lack of practice or they just yeah. like, whatever it is. Um, but we see examples of that, you know, around the world uh mid gragas is something that's obviously popping up faker played it so then Niski started playing it so like (laughs) you know people people are doing that um but there's like yeah and, and clyde got played both mid and top um in in lec finals from g2 Kled is actually really strong in a, in a number of niche matchups. It uh, can be really, really good. It's it's very good in the Jace, at least in solo queue, which is very popular. So there's a lot of these picks that I think can slot in if people are comfortable to go to it. And I think the more we see top teams have success with picks that are off the meta, the more people are willing to try to like move yeah. and adapt to it. I
0: think we should do as much as we can to like super hype up those moments for those players and celebrate them and like give them awards. Give so them the dopamine hit. Exactly, so that so that they know there's a big reward. If I do pick some weird champ and I am I embrace this, everyone's gonna love me so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we if we really hammer that, then we can do our part to try and encourage Here's. more diversity because you get the advantage. Nobody else is used to playing against I you. this.
1: We rig Player of the Week.
2: Anything no, no, no. Plays a new champion. Even, they automatically. Yeah, right, Even it, better. They pick a new champion. We can do like a little like Twitch chat thing. If it gets enough emotes farmed with this champ locked in, we bring some cake out. During champ select, <laughs> and, and they get to eat some cake before the game starts, yeah. or like some fried chicken, Use or like reward. whatever they like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just something to give them a little like, ooh, I picked the good champ. Immediately, Pavlog's yep. dog kind of the yep. bell rings, some chicken comes out. Like, oh, I could pick more. Hell, we sh- we should
0: go big. We should give them like actual rewards. We should give them like LCS main channel yeah. will host your stream or something. Your, <laughs> Whoever has the best twink. pick of the week. Yeah. yeah, we'll give them like a sixty k. <laughs> you know, host or something like that afterwards, because I know they
2: like they speak my language. Yeah. They I love rigging things yep. like the giveaway wait <laughs> unlike the giveaway. It was unlike just the giveaway illegal
0: i I am not associated with the, with market we are a
2: product the three of us together joined <laughs> legally we've binding. already be, we've
0: already come so close to breaking the
2: law this year let's uh let's move on before I guess into bigger trouble uh <laughs> get in here again. In, into the teams now a little bit sure yeah we can we can jump forward all right uh, we're, we're doing a not quite a full-blown community question section or uh, episode but There's kind a of a lot of questions in a, lot, a lot of questions in here this time so we're going to start with cloud nine with a question from arsh asking after the debut week of MS has he cemented his case for being a starter or is there still a chance of the diplex rerun
1: return return um, rerun i don't think you can say it's cemented at all i mean he had he had one pretty unimpressive game and one really good game. I know Jad did like a breakdown of, of his mistakes. I thought Jad was a lot more positive on it than I was. I thought he kind of gave him a pass on on a number of different situations that I thought really kind of snowballed the game. Um, because when I think of that Victor game, I know Jad gave him a pass on when he got his flash force and said, oh, he's just walking to his team. But his team was on the other side of Dragon at bot lane and he tried to walk in full vision of through the other river. team <laughs> through river On the opposite side while harassing the other mid laner so he even knew he was spotted and so to me that was the most egregious part where he trolled lost his flash and that's the snowball that started everything else because then yeah they're gonna they're gonna hard force on this flashless victor and chain kill you and then you can't play the game um so i thought he had one really bad game one really good game i don't think he cemented his case but i think it's very encouraging that he had that big bounce back game and i think people are gonna want to see more of him
0: yeah i don't think it's possible well, if he came in, he smashed both games, he got pentacles and stuff like that, then I guess you could say cemented in one week. But it's very, very difficult to cement your case in one weekend of games regardless. that That is definitely still wet cement. He, you could stick your foot in it or whatever.
2: But draw, Draw a little... It's just game. not
0: enough time to have full confidence, especially with someone... So oh, quick dry cement... Exactly, especially with someone who is box. so controversial <laughs> and has had so so many teams that he's had to had to go through. The the stat was like what eight, nine eight in, in, in four, four eight, years? Yeah,
2: eight teams in five years. Like basically.
0: that is crazy. You're not gonna have quick dry cement based on that no. history. So uh I do I do I did kinda for that individual play. I was more like why are Cloud Nine even trying to go to this dragon in any case? So I was also putting some weight on the comms who is calling for this. Why are they sitting in the, in the back of this dragon pit? And then you see the nerves. A, yeah. A, you know, there must be something yelling going on in comms, talking about this dragon. Trying to be a team player. And then you walk, you know, right down through River. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely give... I want to give him some more time. Me too. I would definitely say bringing back Diplex is not out of the conversation. I saw some tweets that were also along those lines that were like, you know, is, Dip- Diplex is, you know,
2: doomed or whatever. Oh, as soon as he got... Uh... Killed, I, I tweeted diplex wouldn't have died there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and the I was main. just like out there stirring the pot. I think Treats was tweeting the same thing. Everyone was just like trying to kick up flame. Speaker yeah. had a tweet as well. Uh, literally Photoshopped
1: the chat log. Why lose? Same, why lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it was so good. But um I guess it was an element editor or whatever it is. Whatever in your own yeah. browser, but same thing. Yeah. Um, Get it right.
2: <laughs> but I, I will say we obviously it's not set in stone yet from like a team side thing, but in your own minds, like would you you think he's coming back, or do you think it's gonna? I think it's gonna like because I personally think it will say M If stays. I guessed right now, I would say M stays.
1: Yeah. Same. If we're going purely off stage, then for sure I would say M stays. Um, stays. But so many of his problems have been unstage related, right? So like if he's being a dick in scrims all week, then they might just not like him anymore, you know? And now you don't want to play with him. Um, but if we're going purely off stage, I think his his LeBlanc game was really exciting, and I think that Cloud9 would benefit from a more lane dominant mid laner. Right, yep. And that's that's not Diplex. So I think you should stay with this guy as long as he's not having problems that we aren't seeing. Yeah,
0: definitely agree. We got one from Broxa as well. I don't know if oh, you heard of this guy. He <laughs> used so, to be in North
1: America. He's so sweet and so handsome. He did
2: such a good job on the LEC broadcast. He, he definitely is. He, also he was did, all dressed up for finals. He, <laughs> he did
0: a great job not showing any Team Liquid bias in this statement that oh, he did yeah? at, at us where he says, Team Liquid will be the strongest LCS team going into Worlds.
2: Okay. I read that as he's punted spring already.
0: So he, we, have, we have. He did not put a period at the end of that, though. So I don't know why ooh, he's leaving it open. There's yeah. no
1: punctuation here. So we, we can attach this with another tweet and then we can see which side of this are you on. So we got another one here. This one's from Phil Cam. He says, My hot take is that Summit is currently the worst top laner in the LCS. I could probably make a five minute compilation of him straight up running it down this split alone. So, I mean, how are you guys feeling about TL? Like, are you, are you buying into what Brock says, selling that the work ethic and everything is going to pay off by summer? Um, or they have too many obvious problems like I don't know that they can fix the summit issue by just playing more there's two things I have here one is like the team's own
2: emotional state like if I saw them kind of losing but like clearly kind of like mentally alright with it I don't think I'd be quite as concerned but they looked sad a lot in recent weeks just very very sad a lot of the time um, I think even in their, their win over mortals they weren't like super juiced about it or anything you even know even in their dive episode that I did with them <laughs> They were not having a happy day. <laughs> no, they might have come from a rough scrim scrim set or something. So it definitely like, that, appeared to be that concerns me long term for a team. If you are like getting beaten down emotionally, even if you are putting in the work, and like they get a lot of leads in their games, you can see the talent that they throw it away. The second thing I'll say before I toss to Kobe is I was talking to Sticks, or we were, we were talking to Six A, like doing his Player of the Week interview, and one thing he pointed out was like just because you speak the same language doesn't mean you're not going to have miscommunication errors, and it's like. <gasps> Shocker, I know, but like the whole, like, we all speak Korean. It's like, so, but plenty of teams speak English and are to see the game differently. Or, like, Kongdu sees the game differently. You know, like, there's plenty of all Korean teams in the LCK who struggle because they don't view the game the same way. And that is kind of what feels like with this team, where, one, their rookies and some of their players just, like, have int moments in the mid-to-late game. And two, when those int moments happen, they just seem to completely blow up their strategy and fall apart as soon as one thing goes bad like the 100 thieves game this weekend as soon as a couple of their team fights didn't get kills you just felt the game was over even though they were still up five or six k as soon as they stopped winning team fights i was like they lost this game yeah
0: and everybody loves memeing i love memeing on people and making fun of them as much as the next person but there is something to this like big snowball of public opinion that that Take some of these statements as fact. I would even refute the beginning of this second tweet that is talking about Summit being the worst top laner in the LCS. You know, that's kind of glossed over because it's like, ha-ha, look at him. He ganks and gets ganked and dies all the time. He is still putting up the best across the board laning numbers for any top laner in the LCS. So as much as you want to critique him for getting ganked, and I love it, I think it's hilarious too, There's bad teleports, bad team fight coordination, you know, losing out on side lanes and getting ganked all the time. His his laning numbers are irrefutable. Rank 1 in experience difference at 10, gold difference at 10, CSD at 10, damage per minute for top laners. The man does some things really well and at least, you know, continue to give him credit for that and then I think the question is can the team and the coaching staff Fix the issue that we're looking at towards the mid and late game, and actually retain strong laning phase while incorporating enemy jungle and working with Pioshik to avoid some of these problems.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, there's there's a lot, there's a lot there. Obviously, um, I mean, some of it. The, so TL's team fighting is just bad, right? It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole team, not just him. the whole the whole team. Their team fighting is really really bad. Partially, I'm like is it is it how much of it is draft how much of it is just execution i don't know because i do feel like they keep going to these picks that just never work for them they're winless with lucian nami and is by far their most played they have they're zero and four with lucian nami they stomp lane they can't do anything they're, their only game that they won was the lucian one with like sonar or something where nami got taken away it was against Immortals mortals
2: too um, uh first round robin i think
1: but they're zero four with that they get leads every time they can never win with it they are winless with um with harry on azir as well which was their most played like these picks that just don't really seem that good. Um, I'm so far on the Zeri Lulu side of of like of the draft always. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like TL is always willing to just like handshake for, for Lucian Nami and just loses every game they do that. Um, I mean, the biggest problem I just think is their team fighting is terrible, which speaks to communication problems. They're not being on the same page. They don't know how to approach the game in the same way. But I would also say, I'm trying to think about like who is actually the worst top laner in the league. I actually don't think it's that hot of a take to say that it could be Summit. I think as far as like actual curb performance, I'm not talking about talent level. Like clearly the guy is insanely talented, but who is actually performing the worst right now? He's an amazing laning phase, but like this this is like which which would you rather have? Would you rather have the guy who's even or a few CS behind but never dies? Or the guy who's gonna be always up CS but is gonna die to every gank, right? And it feels like that is kind of him right now. Like he has had a couple really amazing games i actually think his best game this split was in a loss that one to 100 thieves where um some someday got the fiora pick into him and got a bunch of ganks and someone was still pounding him in the side lane the entire game and then they ended up losing eventually somebody got like six items and killed him one time or something in in a team fight and whatever but like he just outplayed someday in the side lane the whole game and you're like this is what you want from summit right but there's so many games where he's just running it down and it's like It's it's tough because he creates these leads, but he doesn't get anything from them. Like he is first across the board in all these laning stats, but then you look, he has more than double the deaths of Fudge, for example. He has like the most isolated deaths. He has like all these stats that are also he's the worst in too. And so it's tough because I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm really overlooking some other people, but I I at least would say current performance, he's in the bottom. I don't know, couple right? He's got to be in the bottom three or four. So is that
0: a rhetorical question or do you want an answer as sure. far as which one would you want? Because if you remember last weekend, I was on the stance of I can fix him for toxic players with talent. I take the same stance with extremely talented lane phase players
1: can't fix him. that have
0: other problems. <laughs> I
1: I can fix him. No, he's no. unfixable. At this point, I don't believe it. He he w- had the exact same problems on Cloud9, Went to went to another league, had the exact same problems, then came back and has the exact same problems. It has been... Years of the exact same thing. I haven't coached him though. Yeah. I mean, well, so like okay. when it, when you when you quit casting and you go coach him, I'll give you a <laughs> I'll give you a chance. Then, I'll rechange my opinion. There's environments
2: I think he can do better in, but yeah. like he is who he is at this point, you know. So like if Team Liquid saw the game the same way as him and like fought team fights the same way and played the same like I think you could see a world where he did like is that MVP that he was on Cloud Nine, but like mm. the, the problems were always there. Um, just about how exposed they're getting, or how insane the rest of the team is. In terms of other people who are struggling, like I think Licorice prior towards this weekend was having a really rough uh, season. Been worse, he over the course of the split, you could say he had maybe worse periods where at least Summit had lane phase while also struggling in team fights. Whereas Licorice was quite bad for portions, but he was a lot better this weekend. And I think at least Licorice knows his role in the team. He's Jack Show Renekton. You know, he's like. I'm just here to be a fat ass and like be in the way for six A and Gori who are insane. And like I think in that sense, you can at least say that like Licorice is accomplishing his job more. Whereas like Summit wants to be a carry and he's just not getting it done a lot of the time. Um there's a silent game and things like that. I think uh has been struggling as well. I think there's some there's some other people yeah. who are
1: in, in in that contention. Realistically, he's probably somewhere around like seventh or or something. But like that seems crazy. It's still not good. It's it's not good for when he was MVP last time. I mean, what do you guys think about this? Because when when they lost in playoffs. I was like, okay, you can't just like fix Summit's problems when he was on cloud nine, right? So why doesn't Labra just path top every single game and just play to this guy and always have your jungler behind him and play 2v2? Because people are going to gank him because he's going to play like a crazy person. Do you think that should just be off the table because bot lane meta is too important? Or do you think it's better to just play to this guy's style and say, all right, Summit, you're the best 1v1 laner in the whole league in maybe any role. So Pioshik is just going to be behind you in a brush the whole game.
0: I think 100% do... Play to his style. Play to the team that you have. Play to the reality that you're living in. You're supposed to live in the present, not this ideal world, how everybody else is winning, especially if you're not able to win off of your bottom lane. So that doesn't even look like it's a viable path to victory here. You should go even farther than just pathing up there and ganking for him. You should always, when he goes to a side lane... Trailing split push. Don't do one, three, one. Nocturne. Never do one, three, one. (laughs) Always the other teleporter, the other solo lane. Harry, you should be on his butt every time. (laughs) If he's split pushing, he's moving up, you're in that brush right behind him because someone will come. Someone will come try and gank him. You will have the advantage. You will get your kill. Then you can use your teleport to the other side. Push push out the map. That will at least work for for one weekend. Yeah. They'll be like, "Oh my god!" Exactly. At least hit them with that with the surprise and change change the narratives, change the way that people are trying to attack your team. Because right now, there's no reason for people to change how they're how they're playing versus versus Team Liquid. I really wanted to though add that I. Uh, when you were talking about the Jack Show Renekton, just wanted to put a little a little input there that that made me so sad. Jack Show got changed to be even worse if you're not building health and and resistances. And so when it's built on champions that don't have aren't tanks, it makes me so. sad. don't love sad. the Blade
1: of the Rune King in the Jack Show build. It makes I loved me it. so sad. <laughs> that
0: item used to be much better for bruisers and that's why they they made these changes to make it more of a tank item and it's just so sad
2: and you know what i still loved it because <laughs> i guess i guess since we're kind of talking about golden Gardens anyway. at that point i want to see a radiant virtue well, do anyone entertain brox's brox's statement at all well i, I had said like maybe but like the team looks kind of depresso too so it's, yeah. it's hard to believe that like eight months or uh, another four or five months from now they're going to be fine at least he gave a long timeline. He said by Worlds, not by MSI. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll jump to Golden Guardians just because we were kind of talking about uh, Licorice. Definitely not flaming him. I think he had a much better weekend this week. Uh, an amazing weekend. Uh, week. Yeah, he was really good. I think you can see the, the how good he can be when things are going well for him. I think he had a rough earlier start to the split. Yeah. The whole team kind of did. And all of them are rallying really hard now. They are on a seven-game win streak. <laughs> Hottest team in the LCS by a mile. And they finally took down the teams that you know, people were kind of like, "Oh, we haven't beaten anyone yet." Well, they just beat the two and three teams. So now we have a question from Jazzy Reporter saying, "What's the peak that you guys see for Golden Guardians? Can they finish this win streak streak all the way to an LCS title?" I don't know if they mean like go undefeated until they win a title or just uh win a title. I'm I'm leaning more towards the latter as if a question.
1: It's just to win a title. I believe they can do that. I don't think they're going undefeated all the way through. That seems crazy to me. That's why I'm like, I'm not going to entertain that. Let's just talk about. That, title, title that, that's way too far. It, yeah, like, are they? I
2: thought
0: someone was going to do the funny answer and be like, Their peak is right now,
2: yeah. this second.
0: Yeah. They're about to go
1: zero two <laughs> All downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's really cool because I think coming in this weekend, I still doubted that they could win against C9 and EG. I think most people did. And I was I thinking, pre- I predicted them on Saturday. No, I did good it. Good job. Um, <laughs> what you know, voice is that?
2: a typical Golden Guardian fan, I don't know. This is how they talk in <laughs> okay. San Francisco. That's how an arrow sounds
1: or something? <laughs> yeah, an like, hey there, brother, Kekona. Yeah. <laughs> brother. <laughs> We're going to win this weekend, brother. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and and I think you have to change, like for me, it's a shift in perspective now from this is a pretty good team to like, oh, like maybe they could upset some people to now it's like, no, you, you, they have proven that they are a contender, and I have to kind of like change my mindset about them for really, I think, the first time ever with Golden Guardians. It's funny to say that like a little bit more than halfway through a split, but this is probably the best Golden Guardians has ever been. They had the one split where they got fourth in playoffs, but even then, I never actually believed that they could be a title contender at any point during that split. It was kind of just like, a, oh, you guys did pretty darn well. Better than I thought, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be yeah. honest. What's what's their average placement for Golden Guardians? It has to be like an eight, eight or nine averaged out a- across their...
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that agreed. was the
1: only year that they ever won a playoff
2: series. I oh, yeah. think that they had made playoffs like at fifth, sixth a couple of times before, but they had never won a series until that summer
1: run. Maybe it's not as bad as eight or nine then, but but they did, when they first came in, it was a bunch of tens. Well, That's the other thing too, is they've had some like last place finishes. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's like, I think this is probably the best they have ever looked as an org. And even within the context of the split, FlyQuest's win streak ended at eight. If they win this next weekend, they surpass that. If they win both these games, which is doable, um, you know, they would they would move to nine. And you have to also think about the fact that again, their record is looking worse, but they didn't have their full starting roster, you know, for for the first week and the second week. He literally like their mid leader had not scrimmed a single game with him, from what I heard. Uh, he got off a plane, went to sleep, and then came straight to the studio without. Definitely not a jet game. lagged. Definitely one hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like I almost don't even count those. If they started with the same roster from the very beginning they could easily have like three more wins or two more wins at the very least, right? So I think you have to look at them as, as a championship uh, competitive team. They, they have, I believe, the best mid-jungle in the league right now.
0: 100% agree. Golden Guardians, championship contender, MSI contender.
2: Absolutely, I, I put out a tweet. You, you saw about like uh, the first pro, all pro, like thing that we did. I can't believe we done this. We we put them out. We we submitted them to, to be aired on Saturday morning uh, waiting room or yeah. Thursday morning. Jesus, I still do this. Um, it was supposed to be the day one, but then like we went long on something else, and we aired them day two. And like before, Golden Guardians hadn't beaten two of the best teams in the league. And people knew that they were good, but probably not all-pro, like, straight up. So then we aired on Sunday morning, and then I tweeted it out, or Friday morning, Jesus, and I tweeted it out, like, last night, and people were like, how can you not have Gory and River as your first pro all-team mid-jungle? And it was like, you guys are saying this after two more days of games where they, like, smashed two of the best teams in the league.
1: Like, I mean, if you were real, Anis, you would have known. How many people would have put him there beforehand?
2: (laughs) Some people would, and fair credit to people like Dom who put River on his his list and whatnot, but, like, people are like, oh, it's so obvious, and it's like... (laughs) <laughs> I, I do think Vic, had,
0: you all, like three or four of you had yeah, Viclet in there too. Yep. I think to me, that that was my, like, that, that was surprising to me that there was so much. And maybe it was just, you know, happened that all of you were like, oh, I think we're, we're going to be risking and put Vikla but I thought that one was the most wobbly because Vikla well, has Nick not had some
1: really bad games yeah
0: he definitely had some, Th- some stinkers that's
2: what we said though in the segment which of course no one watches um, they just see the, the the screenshot but we said that like we put Vikla but honestly everyone who has an argument for number one also has a detractor against it so we mentioned that him, Vikla and Jojo are maybe the most individually dominant but also have these kind of int games Jojo has his horrible moments um, Maple's been really consistent but doesn't quite have as much pop off power we mentioned Gore but then said like he missed four games basically you know so he doesn't quite have as much data when we were compiling the list he didn't have these two big wins yet so it was like he had five good games so yeah. far where other people had had nine basically and so you know we were saying like it's wide open in mid lane a lot of us just landed on Vikla but we acknowledge that like that makes it look more dominant
1: yeah. than it really is and I, w- I will say the one thing to play devil's advocate I don't think Gory has had a single like bad game. Even even the first weekend that he came in, he when he fine. lost both yeah. those, I actually thought he looked pretty good. His first game that he came in uh, was that Azir game against Fly, where they were actually even for a while and he, he picked up a couple kills and you're like, maybe he can actually carry this game against mm-hmm. Fly, who everyone was already really hot on. Um, so that would be like my only argument for like if if you're saying he just didn't have enough games, so I couldn't consider him, then I think that's fair enough. If that's, well, if he missed two, and then the, the first two he played fine, but they lost. Kind of like, yeah, you're saying that like, yeah. he, he'll break in. He's yeah. going to get an All Pro vote probably if he keeps on this pace. It's just yeah. like for us, it was like, well, Vikla's also just it's it's been, not enough yeah. data, right? Like, I I, I can definitely respect yeah. that. But when I think about like, okay, JoJo probably has the best laning phase in mid lane, but he's had so many int games. Yep, Vikla as well. I, I just think Vikla's had. I feel like he's been getting more of a pass probably than he should because his team is really good and people just tend to be like not really care if someone has a really bad part of the game. Like the, he had probably what? Three or four? I want to say somewhere in that ballpark of like kind of int games. Early in this play, he had a couple and then recently he had, um, he had their rally game, which was really bad until very late in the game. He got one TB flank and then they instantly won. The Rally game was bad. I think he had like one bad Silas
2: game, but I don't think he had that many. He had like a Yone game where like he died once or twice in Silas, but he was also smurfing that game. I thought game. it was like three. It was what I had in my head. Yeah, either way, he's... Ha- whatever.
0: There were de- Yeah, there were definitely a, a lot of mistakes. And that was one... That's why when I saw that graphic, and it is exactly what I thought, where you know you all landed on that and then you had all, also reasonings. So but for it to be so green and so
2: Vikla... Uh, this is Emily said Maple. That was Emily said Maple. She's she's got the chops. I was a little bit surprised what, by that. What though. would you guys have put then if you couldn't do Gory? Let's say you're following the line of logic that most of us were just like, All right,
1: we're not going to do Gory. I, I would have honestly, I would have actually put Gory. You can't put Gory. Um, well, I mean, that would have been who I put. Well, then you can't put beyond Bory. beyond that. <laughs> beyond that, I think it's actually really hard. Yeah, I, I probably would have been Vikla too because because I think I think if you're not going to put Gori, then yeah, I think everyone has had a lot of mistakes and things you can kind of point to and be like, "Oh, you messed up." Well, I don't know why you're like so so shocked at the Maple one cuz that's that's what I would have put for sure. Well, I'm not shocked. The, we, yeah. Okay, yeah,
0: cuz the 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 Talia pick alone, I feel like people should have started banning this really early on versus him and he was he was doing so well uh in all of their games and as much as as much as in all the interviews and stuff, so it was like, everyone's a role player, and then they, you know they know their role, and then I feel there's like there's a that, couple more important people, you know, yeah. That I felt like mid mid jungle was really doing a lot for TSM and getting them a lot of these wins that people did not expect. Yeah.
1: Did you did you think though that Maple was that good in his non Toledo games? Because I I fully agree with the Toledo games have been really good, but like I felt like he was pretty unimpactful in almost every other game. Um.
2: His he had a couple of good Azir games if I remember. He had Azir and Talia. The Cassidy game was this weekend or two weekends ago. I think it was this weekend. Oh, uh, so it wouldn't have counted for the voting. I was pretty disappointed. in His casting game. There are a number of times where I was like, "You have to go in, buddy," yeah. and he would just hit the scion, and it was just like this useless Cassidy who like. There are a couple of times where I'm like, "You could." Yeah, there was one go. time
0: where he went in to flash and killed the support and and one for one. But like that that game had a lot of problems for TSM. I yeah. think. They were super out of their element as far as the structure. It wasn't yeah. a straight
1: front that, back team fight. Exactly, that was not the structure that they were. They were I also used thought to. in that casting game. This is kind of a like an aside, but like. People overhype Casmid in level sixteen so much. Dude, they do the I feel, clock like, I, I, feel, I feel like people who talk about this sixteen as this auto win thing have never played Casmid in their lives. Because like Kassadin is really strong. If you're already ahead and you can you can dive and whatever, then it's like you hit sixteen. All of a sudden you can dive in backline, kill someone, and get out. Right? It doesn't just make you one v five the whole fight where it's like you still take so much damage. You're still a mage jumping into the backline and six item people are hitting you. You instantly have to zone these or get back out. Right? So it's like it, it's one of those things where. 50% of the people going along with with the
0: with the hype and the memes and the clock and yeah. the uh you know worried face or whatever are doing it because they believe it and, and the other joking. And, and 50% are like doing it because it's fun yeah. to be be part of the group yeah. that's that's making the memes. That's that's also the problem with even just like making basic sarcastic jokes cuz you think in your head you're like well everyone's going to get this, right? This is so outlandish or so dumb. No one would think that I'm being serious right now. And then you get like 50% of the tweets are, what, this idiot really thinks
1: that? And you're just like, my God. I definitely, I'm not even talking really about Twitch chat memes because I just think that's funny. But I just, it's just one of those things I hear repeated so much. And anytime there's ever a cast with a casting game, like they're down like 18K. (laughs) But the casting's level 14, if he just gets those two more levels, it's surely going to erase this 20k gold lead. He's, like, he's honestly so much stronger in mid-game when you get to just like hit six and start running around the
2: map and try and make map plays and stuff. Between He's also very weak into Mountain Soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, he's definitely not an auto-win con. Yeah. Um, we got way off topic from, from Golden Guardians. Uh, we're all believers, it sounds like, though. <laughs> yeah. so just to circle back, uh, they're going to get a bunch of all-pro votes, probably,
1: and they're really good. Assu- assuming they continue, I think, I think they are for sure uh, a championship threat. I mean, I, I would still... If, I, if I'm being realistic right now, if I could redo my power rankings for, like, if I'm saying not even just end of split, but like who I think are going to be the best teams at the very end right now, I would probably have them three. I think I would actually put them above EG. Um, I think EG has, has looked really problematic but I would still kind of have more belief in C9 and, and FlyQuest yeah. because I just think they have had more top like more impressive games to me against good competition. Um, maybe that makes me a little bit of a hater but you know that is what it is. I, I will say uh, 6A has been so fun to watch because I really feel like this is one of those rare cases where it's like at least from perception, I don't know if he will agree with this. I think we're actually going to try to maybe have him on uh, you know, an interview or sometime in the future and talk to him about it. It would be fun. But it's like, I feel like his career almost was like a U, his career trajectory, right? Where it's like, he came in, it's, it's MSI finals, all the 6A hype, he wins the championship in LCS. Everyone's so hot on him. And then it kind of just like petered off and he went down into, into academy and became a coach and all this stuff. And then he came back and he worked his way up. But it's like, I feel like this is as hot as I've been on 6A since literally when he first came into the league. And that was 2016. This is would be his eighth season in the LCS, right? So it's like your first season and your eighth are your are your peaks. Like that is so, I think, unique and interesting. And it's really exciting to see someone this late into their career have such a resurgence and show that he can play at such a high level. And it's not just like playing dumbed down stuff. He's playing mechanically really well. I think he's, he's making very few mistakes. He's rarely ever dying. He's putting out good damage. Like he's kind of checking all the boxes. Great segue
0: because I think a big part for that resurgence is a part that he had at the beginning of his career playing with who he on his team. He's the Stixay whisperer. As, as a mid laner. But it shows up in not only the interview with sticksay him talking about it, but also the one with Licorice where he's talking about who he and the critical feedback that he gives being very necessary, even though it's kind of funny and flamey. And this transitions really well into a, I think one of the best questions that we got from the Twitter questions, which was kind of a dual parter uh, from Quantum Ranger. Which team misses a player more from last split? Is it Evil Geniuses losing impact, huge, or 100 Thieves missing who he, which I don't think a lot of people would think about because 100 Thieves are missing everybody, yeah. basically, except for closer. So it's hard to separate what individual, you know, pieces really mean the most. But I really want to touch on this and kind of pick at it and and bring it out a little bit more of the impact that who he does have on all the teams that, that who he has been on. And especially with some of the insight of the players talking about what he also brings to the team strategy, to the communication both in and out of game and how that's grown over the years is kind of how we talk about impact and how much impact does that as well.
2: Are we including the current players on the team that they had left? So, for example, EG difficult. lost Impact, but got someday. Are we including the current people or not? I say yeah. Uh, if if you include them, that I actually think that losing who he is arguably the bigger loss because I think someday is obviously a different player than than Impact, but like at least I think um, is still performing quite well individually and kind of filling those shoes. And this isn't a shot at Busio, but like who he is clearly someone who is underappreciated on. On the outside looking in, uh, people were flaming him for making FBI look bad last split or whatever. You know, people were talking in about this split. I mean,
1: his Lux game was had some. Yeah, moments. yeah,
2: and like, who he will will have those kind of oopsie moments, but I think there's a lot of things he's probably doing that we don't give him credit for because you just can't see it. Um, and I think that has probably hurt Hundred Thieves more. Like, I, can't, I imagine that having him would help that team a lot. Whereas uh, I'm not sure, maybe Impact going back to EG would, would fix most of their problems, but I don't know if that's going to, yeah. like he's going to mind control JoJo into like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the problems that 100 Thieves are having feel a lot more vision related and like how do we get to mid to late game and like how do we do these things and like um, making plays in the early and mid game where I think who he's incredible at that. Like his roams mid have been so good for, for 100 Thieves and getting on the same page with his mid
1: jungle, you know, like that's stuff that I feel like 100 Thieves could use right now. I'm I'm such a Huhi fan but I'm so on the other side yeah. of this discussion. You're I just in... feel like to me EG doesn't have anyone else that is is like leading the the shot calling in that same way that I think Impact could be like from everything I've heard and, and seen of his comms whereas 100 Thieves has Double Finn Bjergsen who are very opinionated and I think can be those big voices. Um, whether or not they're doing it as well or like... Bear that's for Nexus. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's arguable, right? Um, to me, 100, Th- 100 Thieves' problem is their team fighting. I think their team fighting is absolutely abysmal. Their comms seem to be really, really bad. Uh, maybe who we can fix that, I'm not sure. But it's like they're just not on the same page. Like their frontline is so frequently engaging too far away from their back line and whether that's the back line not listening and not following up or the front line you know not paying attention to where the backline, it doesn't really matter whose fault it is mm-hmm. but their team fighting is almost as bad as TL's or just as bad as TL's like their team fight is really bad I think and to me that seems like the biggest problem EG I honestly do kind of feel like a lot of their issues would actually just be fixed I feel like they would, would have picked up at least a couple more wins and maybe even be first like if you swap impact for someday I think you could actually argue that EG is in first place I'm kind of a Someday hater, not because I don't think he's a good player. I think he's a great individual, but I think he brings so much less to the team than a player like Impact um, because I've just always felt throughout his career Someday can create individual leads and be great in his isolated situations, but he's nowhere close to Impact's level in transitioning and having that kind of like instinct on how to win games. And that is what always kind of blows me away with Impact is that Impact always has uh, a huge effect on the game, whether he's behind, whether he's even, whether he's ahead. He knows how to maximize his position in the game and actually push it forward and and just win, right? Like, that's why he's won so many championships and been good on so many different teams. The guy just knows how to win. And I feel like EG are really lacking that. There's a lot of games where EG got way ahead and just didn't know how to close out the game. And I feel like if Impact was there instead of someday, they would have won.
0: There's a lot of games also where I think it comes down to Mark's question, if Impact was on this team, would he be able to have an influence on JoJo? Because there's a lot of moments where you're going back through the game and a lot of the things leading up to the downfall is like, everyone's laughing. Ha <laughs> is JoJo doing crazy JoJo shit? But that loss of game, like the Jace game, where he yeah. tries to get a Jace knockback Q onto Jensen and he gets shuffled into the tower. His flash is blown. Then they pick him again going mid lane over and over and you're just like...
1: Just lost the Dignitas. Holy! Life. Is this th- that much different though than JoJo last year? Because I feel like he had some of those in moments too. But maybe they just have worse map setups because they're not communicating. I- it's hard for me to say because I feel like JoJo has always had the JoJo moments. But a lot of the games also, even though he has been getting picked and doing dumb things, I don't think are solely attributed to him. Right? Like the in, in the first week they had like a game where they lost where they're like nine k up. When I'm like, uh, yeah, a lot you of people better shot calling and, cl- and close out that yeah. game. You know, like I don't know. That's why this question is so hard because we're arguing
0: about things where you have to be on the team to with know. these players, yeah, to really know. And so it's
1: weighing these it, intangibles it's f- fully opinion based. Yeah, and I and I realize that I'm I'm coming off as a big someday hater. I you think are. he's a really good player. I just don't think he's elite on the level that impact is. I think on the JoJo point. I think about his playoff run last year
2: and how insane he was in mid to late game and like making plays to win a scene in the game compared to now, you know? Yeah. And like, it's just hard for me to be like, Impact was the difference between that JoJo and this one. You know, I'm like, I, you don't mind. like, No, you, it's not fully. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why for me, I think there are things that Impact would shore up for sure, I think, on EG. I just don't know... Because, like you were saying, the hundred these ones feel so vision related, like a not like strategic vision related about like the things that they want to do and how they want to play the game. It doesn't feel like they're on the same page. E.G. is still an incredible early game team. Like Vulcan, Inspire, JoJo, and FBI are are having great games up until this point where they start making oopsies. Um, and that's why I think for me it's like I don't like you don't need Impact to do those things. They're already doing them. Do you, do you guys really believe though that like most of their losses are just like JoJo Ants? Not all of them. I think I think other people are inting too, for what it's worth. Um, or like they're they're not making good plays, but like uh they still have really, really strong things working for them. Where it's like I don't think Hundred Thieves has very much working for them right now at all.
0: Yeah. This is the coolest thing I think about this question, why I liked it so much though, is yeah. that we all give impact so much credit mm-hmm. universally, all the time, across the board. I think it's really cool to you know, raise, raise who he up to that point, especially now with how well Golden Guardians are doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't talk much about Hoohy, but I'm, I'm such a big Hoohy fan. And and every, like, cannot be emphasized enough, any time you ever talk to any of his teammates or any of his coaches that he worked with, they have a, an opinion of him that is so much higher than the average, like, public opinion um, because of all that work that he does, you know, behind the scenes and stuff to really elevate teams and elevate players. So I do think it's exciting to see um, him doing so well, especially reunited with uh, a and a former teammate from, from back in the day. Uh, okay, we have a, a question here kind of related to Dig. Um, so this was a tweet that came out from uh, from Dardok and he tweeted out, No disrespect to Tomo because he's a great prospect and young talent, but this is a side grade at best, referencing the swap for him in spawn. Dig issues have little to nothing to do with spawn, but scapegoat your youngest player, that's always a good play. And this was basically in response to Dingtoss' announcement that they were going to be swapping out their AD.
2: Yeah, the announcement had some problems. I feel like anytime that announcements around roster changes start citing stats, even though we do it a lot, like stats for me are like a shorthand to express an idea. Like, I think a lot of times in the community, it gets misunderstood that if we're like, oh, JoJo's a great laner, he's got this CSD and this 4% and this blah, 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 these solo kills and whatever, people assume that like that's all we're using and not like also our eyes and that we're not just using these as shorthand to be like, here's some numbers to back up what I'm saying. But I also watched every single Fucking game he's played. Like I know, you know, like I'm watching these games. But when an org does that for justification around a roster swap, like, I, of course they've watched all their games. They have all this stuff, but it just feels bad for an org to be like, ah, yeah, well, because Tomo has got this CSD in academy, like he's clearly the the better option. I, I can't understand why it can leave a bad
1: taste, especially. You want me to read what they said? Sure, yeah, go for it. So it says, Tomo has been dominating NACL with an average goal difference at 15 of 1,212. Over 50% higher than second place. It's our view that Tomo's laning strengths have earned him an opportunity to play on the LCS roster.
2: Yeah, it's not egregious, but I think for a lot of pro players, it can feel like bad taste to to hear that kind of reasoning. And I can can see where Dardark's coming from, where it's like, this team has a ton of problems. It's not like slightly better laning out of Tomo or something is going to fix every issue. Uh, But a change was needed, and Spawn was the weakest link and he was not benefiting from being in this environment. There's a number of reasons to make this change. And I think better wording could have supported that because I do ultimately agree with the change that was made.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the way I look at it is Garg's is 100% right. This is nowhere close to their only problem or anything like that. But again, you know, I'm, I'm with you. They had to do something. They're losing every single game. They're looking horrible doing it. Spawn was having a terrible, terrible time. And I think it's not just beneficial for his team, but it's beneficial for Spawn and his career to not just be locked in the situation where he's doing so poorly, because we know that he had a, a, a successful career thus far in, in NACL. Um, all of the, the Challenger and Academy guys who, who watch him have so much belief that he can be successful at the LCS level. It doesn't really matter why he is doing so badly in this specific environment. But the fact is he was doing horribly in this specific environment with Dignitas and Dignitas was not doing well. They had to do something. They had to change something. And this is such a, an obvious piece to, to change. Hopefully it will be beneficial for Spawn. He can rebuild his confidence and find another opportunity in LCS. And I do think that uh, with, with one weekend of, of games to go by, they looked a lot better with Tomo. And Tomo looked a lot more confident. It felt like in their win, he had way more impact than Spawn had in any of the games that I can remember in LCS. Their loss was obviously a horrible loss, but it was such a throwaway. That game was literally over at like four minutes when, when Santorin died to a Moo and then Renekton gets a double kill and your Olaf Ghost Flash with no TP dies in the river and then has to come back to lane against like, you know, a pickaxe, double buffs Renekton or whatever. Yeah, a it's bounty like, before the wave even hit, you know? Yeah. So it's like that game was such a throwaway game. Um, maybe Dignitas will just fall back in their own, own ways, but this gives them an opportunity to like Change the environment, change the atmosphere, and hopefully it's positive for both Tomo um, and Spawn, and for Dig as a whole. Hot take: I said it before, but Dig and Toss
2: will finish over Immortals. They're one win behind them, so they I don't know how won't... hot that is. Well, Scalding. You tell me. I don't know. I lava temperature. I put something in the microwave for like a random amount of time at a random power setting. Now you guys are telling me if it came out, <laughs> if, if it came out hot or not. <laughs> but
0: it's it's one of those where like on the on the surface it's kind of, it's pretty warm but there's a really like icy chunk still in the bottom <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, you yeah. need to like move it around, put it back in the microwave. It's for like a hot a pocket,
1: you know? The, yeah. the, the middle's frozen, but the outside is so burning, it sounds man. hot for a second, but then once
2: you think about it, you're like,
0: you're like no, wait a second. No, this is they're very, right next to them. It's, yeah, it's whatever. They're yeah. playing this weekend. It's and, and part of that is because Immortals are on a zero five, I believe, loss streak. So. Yeah. Uh, at least zero five yeah they were two and, and, and two according oh. to the tweet by
1: think Card, which i up. just I'll looked s- at their it's at least zero five they have lost six in a row Yikers. at least there yep. you go Yeah. so they they lost three in a row then they won two games back to back and then they lost six in a row um they beat dignitas and clg so this would be their rematch against dignitas um yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely possible that they can. I don't know how high they could get in the standings. I mean, you still kind of feel like with some of the early games that Diggs had, like Digg's early games, you compare that to their record is kind of crazy. Like how bad they are record-wise when they've actually had some really strong early games. Santorin still looks good in the early game, right? Like I feel like he's gotten a lot done in a lot of these games. And I think Jensen looks like a pretty strong carry. Um, our seems to be able to create leads, but not necessarily like do a lot with the lead. And then their bot lane had kind of been problematic but Dignas had a number of games where it felt like they were in pretty good early positions and they just couldn't close so maybe this will help them out. Yeah I feel like I watched
2: Santor and make some of the same ganks that he makes over the years recently but he was on Team Liquid or whatever instead and it's like yeah he gets like this like level 3 flash on mid lane gets a kill he's like great my work here is done it's like no 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 you need like 6 more of those in this to win this <laughs> game you know and it's it's like. He's never been like the like one V nine jungler. So he's he's doing his thing, but it's just like the pieces aren't around him that he had in previous years. So like I, I still think there's hope for this team though. It's funny because
0: I've also felt like Jensen has made these game-winning plays, and you look at the play early in the game, and you say, "Well, you're going to need six more game-winning plays in <laughs> yeah. order to win the actual game." <laughs> That's that previous game-winning play is only about you know that'll do you for the next five minutes. That, that would have got you on cloud nine, but you're on dig now. I'm made a few more of those game winners.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like even in some of the early weeks, he had hit some good roam plays and stuff like that up towards top lane. The Jace games kind of stand out to me as ones where they got way ahead, where I think a couple of Jace games, uh, our mode has been way, way up, but haven't really been able to clinch it. Okay. Uh, we've got a couple more questions here. This one's going to come from Rafa. Uh, Rafa says, if you had to make a clash team from the broadcast team, who are you drafting? <laughs> well, I'm on it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Highest rated player. Come on easy pick well you're the captain so you Okay, draft, I'm the so I'm the captain you're gonna now. You can draft yourself. Is is, is right, this Rafa yeah.
2: being like pick me? Is this why he's brought it up? He's For trying sure. trying to get in the good graces. So the
0: problem with the c- casting team is we have an overload of junglers. We have junglers everywhere.
2: Yep. Very few fill players. Azale is one of the few fill players. I'm in there. What's your philosophy? Would you rather like since you're the best jungler clearly, would you take the role? Yeah. Or do you think because you're so good you would slot yourself in I I as mid lane? I play
0: very few I don't play autofill at all. My secondary is mid lane because mid lane is most contested usually. So I get it very infrequently. So you pick it, so, that so you I, pick I only jungle. have two champions that I that I keep up for mid lane. So Ari, I'm taking jungle. Ari and No, it's Katarina and
2: Talon. Why would Why would you pick Katarina as like this like?
0: Because they're the most fun that I've been playing Katarina since literally before season one when you could build AD Katarina. And you can pentakill, you can win games. Same thing with Talon. Still I, can,
1: divide under As Talon,
0: there. I just love invading enemy jungle, flipping over their red and killing the jungler because I know that Talon,
2: soul crushing. Talon, I understood. I was like, that immediately makes sense. It's like the jungler's <laughs> mid lane. Yeah, You know, he but, also used to be a jungler not that
1: long ago, right?
2: You yeah. Know, ago he was jungle for a He's while. still a
1: jungle. You can
0: still jungle
2: him. Yeah, yeah. But Kat, I was, Katarina, I was yeah. I was surprised. I thought you'd just take some easy mid lane no. thing. Put me support then because that was my backup role. Okay. Are, are we drafting Mark onto our team first? No. I, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. his role. I, I mean, hit Diamond in Season 4 as a support. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've right. seen you jump. play a
1: game of SR. I played
2: a game of SR. Lilia. With... He played a Lilia yeah, game. Go check my
1: match history. I won. Okay. <laughs> but, but we have jungle filled already. <laughs> yeah, jungle. jungle's
2: filled. Bro, Unless just put me on Karma. I can, can, I can we play draft karma. Freak still? Because when we no. had Freak, it actually... No, broadcast team. He's on game, game balance team now. We need our who's our A D? We <laughs> I mean I could play A D, but it's my it's my worst one. Yeah, no, that's You're what I'm top. Saying you're ways. you're you're going top. We need someone rel- like we can actually leave up there and not interface their face off.
1: Yeah, see I, I I have confidence in in some of my one v ones. I died of a lot of ganks. <laughs> I'm like A diamond summit, you know. What Uh, I'm (laughs) what I'm hearing right now is
0: it doesn't matter who we draft on our clash team. We're bad. We're screwed.
1: Yeah,
2: it's looking it's looking bad. I think you go mid. Flowers goes jungle. I go support. Flowers doesn't play either though. Like the only
0: people that yeah, but he he at least had. But you never lose your ten thousand Skarner games or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, what is he? Where is he going to play? Your jungle. No, Mark Mark is saying I go mid. Flowers is jungle. Yeah, you're top. He's support. Who's this? Sounds like a downgrade.
2: Emily says she plays eighty carry. There you
0: go. Ooh, Azale was just saying. Emily says she plays, but he has never played. I've never players, played though. a game with Emily.
1: It doesn't mean that and she does And neither have I. So what if she's just know. insane? I've been with Rafa. She's the most insane, so Bane Rafa, player. I, yeah. I was playing games with Rafa last night. And um he had this Kraggus game, where he was down, I think he had like 30 CS. The enemy Hecarim had like 120. He was up like five levels, and we actually won the game. And he made some actually cracked plays. So it was so funny because he was just so turbo far behind. So
0: he, that's why he sent this question. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, like, yeah. he's
1: like, hey Azale, remember those games? He had, your team? he had some pop off moments. If I'm remembering the early game, I'm like, get me out. But if I'm remembering the late game, he scaled. Okay, okay. Like I was playing Zillion. He had this one play that was actually pretty nice where. I threw down a double bomb and a guy dashed out of it. And then he, like, uh, Gragas body slammed the guy and then altered him into my double bomb. Oh, shit. And if it was, was intentional, it on purpose? That. <laughs> That <laughs> remains to be seen, right? He was like, Azale, do you see that in the chat? I was like, I, I saw it. I was like, I saw it. I don't think you meant to do it. I, if you meant to do it, that was clean.
0: You're like, I also saw the first 15 minutes I of the game. I saw the first
2: 15 minutes of the game. Okay, so then what sounds okay. like he needs to go top and play this Grag no, no, top. Think... And then Azale's in the bot lane with me. <laughs> hey. No,
0: I think, I think we stick with Emily, Mark, bottom lane. Raz actually have...
2: plays more than Mark. We ha- Okay. Raz plays a lot. Okay, okay. Yeah, Raz actually might be the biggest uh, game spammer. On... Is
1: it a rad? Emily Lane, yeah, Razz, yeah, Razz Emily. Ah, shit, I got. And bench. Rafa, Rafa's <laughs> our coach. sub. See,
2: I, I play the most ARAM. Ram. Like, my A history. I play a lot of ARAM. All right. Well, yeah. you, you guys can battle that. We'll have a trial for that. Like, Mark's yeah. the coach.
0: Rafa's the sub, and that's our team. Okay, yep. boom. Good question. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> uh, other questions we have. These are, we're kind of in the generic like for fun moment here, uh, where we're over the teams. Uh, we have one from Yamato Cannon. Actually, he said G two versus FlyQuest. Tell me how best of five goes. I assume that this is an MSI. I just don't think G2 is even going to make it to the point where they can play FlyQuest in the best of five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my laughs> <crap>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a FlyQuest shirt. Okay, no, that's no, perfect. No. All right, there we go. Question like, answer. Clip it, clip it and send it to him and reply and to it. Yeah, quote send it. Send that out him. to Yamato. I'm sure that all the LEC fans will have a completely reasonable discussion. <laughs> yeah, they, they're really good you. about
2: the joke. They say they love banter, and then this first time you do it, they're like, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs>
1: oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, G two, I will say. Was looking pretty good. They turbo stomped mad. That was not a close. That was that was looking like some bad clash matchmaking. That was challenger team. You know, ran up against our team. I just love that they're
0: they're drafts. You know, and. Yeah, it, it takes until finals till they pull out the, the really fun stuff. But to me, some of the most fun times I've had watching League of Legends have been watching G two in their heyday, yeah, with Pike in every lane, using crazy drafts, causing LPL and LCK teams to have midlife crisis, rethinking everything they know about League of Legends. That that stuff is sick. So when they're playing Kled mid, they're playing Samira. I am. I'm all aboard. I'm all about it. So I hope you know that sort of flavor. And when you have a successful team doing that, it encourages other teams to do that. So I'd say you know more power to them. Hope they keep doing it. But I'm with my boy Mark here.
1: Yep. It'll it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm excited to see how they do. I mean, Yike has been really fun to watch. Like as a as a new guy coming up on the team, he's been really good. Caps is obviously still smurfing. Hans is looking way better than he looked in NA. I'll say that much. and now yeah. he's back to Mickey Mouse regions, wins the title for free. This is the hardest here. region
2: in the world. Yeah. Faker was not kidding when he said it. Yeah. You know, all these people oh, come yeah. over. Yoshik just won a world championship, can't get anything done can't in North America. Done. Easy championship for Han in Europe. Yeah, he gets can't get clapped up, came and make worlds <laughs> yep. here, wins a championship there. Uh I will say G2 also, they 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 posted their scrim results, Romain did, the seventy-six oh, percent win 70% rate. From, right? It's just like Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: They might be kind of good. They might be good. Might be, might be a little I'm a little good. worried maybe if we did play best of five, but I will nope. admit it. It's free. Prince is going to carry us. All right, we got another question here from, uh, from Mazelcasts. Uh, Maisel? Mazel? Mazel? Mazel. Yeah. Uh, if you could give a way too early rookie of the split, who would it be and why? Who are the candidates? Ayla? Uh, Yon, Harry. Yawn, Harry. Uh, Tenacity. Buccio. Buccio, um, Spawn. Um. Who, who? what other rookies do we have
2: I'm gonna pull up the rosters and think about any
1: Uh. Does not on golden M&S guardians count?
2: M&S will count probably by the time because if, if he plays the counts because rest- if he he'll play the whole second round robin Yeah. he's had
1: other but he's played in so leads, many other so. regions oh of, right he might rookie. not count yeah. I also yeah. feel like Ayla can't count as a rookie he literally won MVP in O's well also I wouldn't give right? it to Ayla even if he counted as I know but I'm just so. saying like, even if you wanted to do like ah he's gonna be by the end right like the yeah, MVP. I'm leaning early.
0: towards. I know pe- people have definitely, and Musio has definitely made some mistakes, you know, in the uh, Lux game and everything
1: people are talking about. But I'm kind of leaning towards Bucio right now. Me too. Musio is my initial thought. I feel like Bucio or Jan, I would, yeah. I would say, are the two that like immediately pop in my head. Maybe we're forgetting someone. Um, Both have had their their bad moments, but Boosio I think, has overall looked pretty darn good. Yon has had impressive laning phases but haven't really get, gotten it done in team fights but like that's also like a compositional and just kind of like whole team issue um, but you know yeah I would think I would think it would be between those two guys probably right now
2: yeah I think any rookie is going to have something you can kind of neg them on and I think for me it's between Busio and Yon. Jan. Yon's early game has been very good and him and Cordray have smurfed a lot of their lanes yeah they're playing yeah. aggro matchups but they do well his, lane, his late game team fighting is not great but he's a rookie and uh there's no clear like this guy's insane like jojo had or something this split i don't think there's like one clear standout yeah i mean maybe M&S will get there or, like some of these second round robin guys maybe aelo just plays thresh every game and smurfs it i don't yeah. know i don't I think I don't don't i'm think, giving my mind... they don't even count though i don't think they would even be eligible yeah some of them have played in too many other regions same with like a uh, like, a Boogie is obviously not eligible, Gory's not eligible. Yeah, these yeah. guys aren't eligible, I wouldn't yeah.
1: think, because they've played too much time as, as pros,
2: right? I MNS mean, had never played in the major region before, so that might count them still. All right,
0: like well, it. I'm getting bored with this. Next question <laughs> is uh, from Michael James Are Prince River, Gory, Vikla the best imports the LCS has ever had? I'm assuming, like, as a class, just this time period Mm -hmm. because River's already been here for a while and so this is this isn't even like imports imported in the same year or anything this question seems kind of
1: loose it is It is um, playing with facts so Prince Prince I think you can definitely argue is like potentially as far as like peak of their career and stuff he's like literally coming over here at the peak of his career right he came off i i think probably his best best year ever for sure uh you know he's looking amazing very young player he he got second team all pro above gumi yushi yeah he's below ruler but guess what so it's literally everyone in the world ruler's the best no one really debates it it feels like um but you know there was arguments that this guy was i know in the lck people were making arguments that like this guy is not just second best in lck but potentially like second best in the world you know better than better than a lot of the lpl ad's so i think as, as an import on where he came in, the only person that I could really kind of think of as, as a good comparison was like when Someday came over. I know when Someday came over, some people had him, or a lot of people had him as like top three top laners in the world in LCK when he was playing. And then he came over, so kind of feels a bit like that. Uh, River and Gory I- are playing amazing, but I don't know if you can put them above, like, can you put them above how Bjergsen has done in this league? Can you put them above how Jensen has done in this league? Like,
0: When I saw this question, I started thinking about, okay, well, who else do we count in the... Import class of OG Bjergsen when he first came over, because that that was massive. That was that was region changing. We've had a lot of those.
1: Sven and spend Sven. And, 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 and you make an impact already. You know what
0: who else do I get to include in like my impact class in my bjergsen class?
2: Say as individuals and not a class. Well, so like even that is like it's so early to say we were joking about this before the camera started rolling, but I was like this was a dead serious conversation. Dead serious mark but definitely not joking. I said Piglet's some better than all these guys so yeah. far. You know, like, pe- pe- people meme him for mid-lit and all the things that happened later, but his first year with us, when I was coaching him, we got back-to-back thirds. We got first in the regular season one time. Like, we did pretty good. So we got back-to-back thirds. So here, here's but what, the thing. But, but, but so like, people, people All right, so here's the thing. People say, sh- Damn. people say shit like that, but what did River do during his first okay. year? He played dig and
1: did jack shit, so swapped the here, and Guardians, did nothing. Here's my argument. I fully agree. Piglet accomplished more as far as, like, placements in his first year The difference would be if you believe that these guys will go on to accomplish more than Piglet did, right? That would be the argument. That is where I would I would knock it. The question
0: says best imports also, so this is best player skill. Looking at the player, I feel like if your argument is going to be Piglet's not in the conversation.
2: No, but I'm just saying the first year that Piglet was here, people don't (laughs) have a conversation. He's conversing. I I am trying to set the the same time frame that they would have had this conversation during because. If you remember Piglet actually came in and shit on everyone. Remember the whole double lift auto spacing meme from the playoff series where we gapped the shit out of him? Like that came around because Piglet was so much better than when a did lot he of pick people Ramos? That was like After? That, that was, that was an like, Academy. That was like 2017 <laughs> yeah, that Academy that's yeah, that like that's when he came over. Yeah. Well, you got bad memory then, old man, that was 2 years later. <laughs> um but yeah, I think like from that perspective, you do it like people hindsight bias, you just tend to like you don't really remember the moment. Yeah. Like, time-capsuled sure. well. Because, like, uh, I think, you know, Prince is going to be insane, probably. But that's what it was for a period of time with, yeah. with Piglet as well. And it's like, well, what happens two years from now? Because if you're comparing Piglet two years at, like, the low point of his time as an import to Prince during the beginning when he's at his best, that's not really a fair comparison.
1: Well, you can't, you can't do career comparisons because Bjergsen just wins. Every yeah, single I, B- career. I, that's, that's why I would agree. When, to be fair, when Bjergsen did come over, he dominated harder than Bickla did And he won
2: a million championships. And he won immediate MVPs, immediate championships. That's what you're comparing these guys to is is the kind of the point that I'm making. As well as like even some of these guys like GBM came over and was hyped. Like Impact came over joined, was it Energy or Tip was his first team? I can't remember. I think it was Tip. Yeah, but like him and Rush were were, like a tag team, you know, and they were also getting like third place finishes. Oh man, now I miss Rush. Yeah, I'm like, like kind rush, damn you know, he, military he, service. People are popping off about river right now, but I'm like, didn't rush do more than you in his first year than you did river? He you was know, on like, a way better team,
1: to be fair. It felt like rush was true. okay. Yeah, is bottling <laughs> but still
2: though.
0: Back to the the piglet argument. I don't ever remember being so as hyped about like this no. guy is the best in the league. I don't think there was ever that level of hype for
2: no, for, no, no. I mean piglet. You the, know the right? point that that you made about coming over in the prime of his career. Prince was still on the up and up. Yep. And, and Piglet was very much, like, just had a bad year in 2014. T1 did not yep. make Worlds. That team blew up. A bunch of them came to NA. You know, like, it, it was very, very different. Um, yep. But, like, we've had players who come over and dominate for a period of time. Summit last year came over and dominated. Alfari came over and dominated. Prince yep. is dominating right now, but, like... You know, you gotta it, get it, it done long term. It's a long term thing. Like, okay, go to MSI, do something for us. Go to worlds, do something for us. That's when you really break into
1: best import conversation. Or at least made. do something in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. like Alf- Alfari and Summit crushed regular season, and then were kind of flops in playoffs, right? And that really changed how people looked at these guys. Yeah, and that, that's my whole point right now yeah.
2: is like it's very easy right now to be like, oh my God, nine and one. Like Hooney came over with Rainover and they
1: ran the regular season twice, flopped in playoffs. But if I had to predict forward, I, I, if Prince stays here, I would say that he would end up being in yep. that that absolute upper echelon just based on how truly incredible and solid this guy is. The, like, the way in which he's dominating, I feel like it feels so bulletproof. It doesn't feel like he's doing some crazy weird picks or like super aggressive stuff that he's getting away with. It just feels like he's playing the game the way it's meant to be played, um, which is why even though you can't make the career arguments or anything like that, I could say if if I can like put it in the time capsule. If Prince stayed here in five years, I feel like he would be, you know, considered one of the greatest ever to play here. Wet
2: blanket. He's gonna get na life Start slamming burritos. Impact said. Impact
0: said he's guarding against that for this team. It won't happen.
2: <laughs> I you trust. No, 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 I, I'm ultimately very hopeful for for this this group of guys. Golden Guardians as well look incredible right now. So I'm, I'm excited, but I just got to be the, uh, the naysayer against the. Overhype machine nope hype them up they're cool gonna top win top. worlds
1: alright thanks all right. Mark you know you're right my bad doesn't
0: matter we're all gonna die in the end don't care <laughs> that's what I'm
1: saying man why, why even do another episode this is our last
0: episode everyone see <laughs> ya yep.
1: yep we'll be behind <laughs> yeah bars. guys it's our last episode see you here next week <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if we can say this but I think we're actually doing a, a player episode I won't say who but we're doing a player episode this Friday after the games so we're gonna have another player episode coming yeah. for next week um, but that would you be you just cursed you know, it maybe I did
0: and I will be there, and Mark won't be there. Well, we never and know. We never know. We won't have Kobe. anything come
2: up. It'll be fine. We, we'll see. You <laughs> we'll never know. There. I'll be there. Yeah. We, one thing we know for sure is that they'll be there doing be his there. job. At least we'll be there. Us too. The
1: who can say? Who knows? The poor will be there too. Maybe. Uh, all <laughs> right. On fire. That'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button on YouTube so you don't miss an episode of the Dive. And if you want to get your Twitter questions featured on the Dive, use hashtag theDiveLOL. And you have to remember to use hashtag theDiveLOLGiveaway. Uh, to qualify to win 2 RP, LCS continues this Thursday. It's FlyQuest versus CLG at 2 p.m. Pacific, just like always. Oh, See you then. That's why we wore these shirts. FlyQuest versus oh, wow. CLG. We're... We knew it was coming. Promo. Yeah.